Good morning, Vancouver 601 on a Friday. Sweet, sweet Friday. It is Halford. It is Bruff. It is Sportsnet 650. We are coming to you live from the Sportsnet 650 studios. Check that. The Kintec Footwear Studios in beautiful Fairview Slopes in Vancouver. Jason, good morning. Good morning. He got that dog in him. It's A-Dog Andy Cole uh, in the producer's chair today. Good morning, Andy. Good morning. Now, here's something interesting we could do. Basketball Ben, a.k.a. Intern Ben, is in the studio right now fixing our cameras. Yell good morning to the people. Good morning. Look at that. What symmetry, what chemistry we have on the morning show. Halford and Bruff in the morning is brought to you by Avenue Machinery and Douglas Lake Equipment, your Kubota all-star team. AvenueMachinery.ca is the website. DouglasLakeEquipment.com is the other website. Also need to tell you that Halford and Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. I mentioned that we are coming to you live from the Kintec Footwear Studio. Just the Kintec Studio. Just the Kintec Studio. Look on the board, big guy. That was written by our boss, Cam Barra. Kintec Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintec.net. I cannot see the board. Let's not fight because it's Friday and we just kind of want to mail it in today because we want to go. You want to go golfing. You're yeah. in golf attire. I, I don't know if I can, I don't know. Hopefully the boys will be willing to play in some light rain. And I'm just looking to go back to sleep. So let's not fight. Let's just make a deal that we will call it the Kintex Studio from here on. It does, it does flow a little bit better. Fewer syllables, fewer words. That's easier for Halford and Bruff in the morning. We do have a big show ahead. Very excited about a Friday show here at Sportsnet 650. It's going to begin... With a guest that Andy went out and booked and then learned the pronunciation of his name all on his own. Good morning, A-Dog. Can you tell us who our first guest is at 6.30? It's Brian Slusserchuk. There you go. Slusserchuk. Slusserchuk. Yeah. Okay. So he is a uh, mining executive turned CEBL, which is the Canadian Elite Basketball League owner. The former Fraser Valley Bandits are now the Vancouver Bandits. They become just one of two teams in the league to have... Its own ownership, not to be owned by the league, and Brian Slusserchuk is one of those owners. So we'll talk to him about what to expect from the team, the rebranding exercise that they had, where they envision things going forward. I actually need to learn a little bit more about this league. I'll be dead honest. Yeah. I have not spent a lot of time covering the CEBL. I, I, I'll be curious to ask Brian what he sees as the opportunity, why, like, why a basketball team? Right. Um. What's the business model like? Um, is he even in this to make money, or is it just kind of a fun thing that a guy with a few extra bucks does? Uh, 7 o'clock, Brady Henderson is going to join us here on the Halford & Brush Show on Sportsnet 650. There was a lot of news at a Seahawks camp yesterday in advance of the big game against the 49ers. On the weekend, did you see some of these? Uh, Jamal Adams done for the year after that yeah. injury in week one. That was uh, a good trade, wasn't it? Sean that, that Ale- turned out well. Sean Alexander is going to go into the ring of honor. Did you see that? He got the call yesterday. Stop asking me if I saw it. Just tell me. Did you? I don't know. I didn't see it. Okay. I saw the Jamal Adams stuff. I didn't see the Sean Alexander that's why, stuff. That's why I asked, because some stuff you saw and some stuff you didn't. Of course, we're going to look ahead to a kind of interesting game now. We kind of pegged the Seahawks season as being a one-week wonder. We were going to pay attention to the first game. <laughs> and then that was it. It's been upgraded to a two-week damn, wonder. Damn it, they drew, they drew us in for a second week. <laughs> the line on this one is weird. The whole situation going into this, you kind of, you're like... The I don't line w- has come down, though. A lot of people looked at it. I think it opened at 10, Yeah. so 49ers by 10. 
I've seen it down to eight and a half. So I think a lot of people have been like, oh, 10 points. Didn't anyone see the 49ers in week one? Uh, so we can talk to Brady Henderson about that at seven. Also, I forgot to put it in the notes, but we got to do our NFL locks of the week. Mine was awesome last week. You took the Broncos to cover the six and a half, if I'm not mistaken, on, yeah, I did. on, on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. I, I so, didn't think that was going to go the way it did. We both got off to rousing starts. I took the you know, the worst performance. Yeah, you had the worst pick. Of week one, yeah. I put my money behind them. I backed them. You actually put your, was it like a Drance $7 bet? Or? No, 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 no. I, I, they, uh, I'm, so again, I'm, I'm on, in a fantasy league with Drance now. Right? Oh, yeah, that's So the, a byproduct of the fantasy league is a WhatsApp group filled with these ridiculous player prop parlays, like 18 of them in a single game. Yeah. And it's like no offense to have over two and a half receptions. I see value in this line. And I'm just looking at it, I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> I can't. I can barely handle the fantasy talk. I don't need 13 prop bets linked together to win $7 at the end of it. I can't did, do it. Did I ever tell you about the time, um, I guess it was recently, the last time I hosted with Drantz, when you were on vacation. Yeah, you did. And, tell, okay. And yeah. I, and I asked him for, um, like a, a, a bet. I don't know. Like, I, I can't remember what we were doing. I don't know if it was sponsored or not. I just said like, here, give me, give me a lock of the week. Mm-hmm. And normally it's just like real simple, right? Like, I think this team's going to beat that team straight and up. Maybe by that much. If, if you want to get advanced, just like cover the spread. Right. He gave me the most convoluted, uh, parlay <laughs> involving player props yep. and like i'm like just next time we do this and he's like yeah well you asked me to do like a, a bet i'm like i'm like yeah you're not a hedge fund advisor <laughs> like you're you just you're just a right. guy in sports like i'm not looking for like a long short strategy here just give me a pick about a team that's going to win. Yeah, we're just just looking for a little so bit of content. He was so offended too. Yep. He was so offended. He's like, "What? That wasn't interesting." No, it wasn't. I bla- I like blacked out halfway through that. We're looking just for a little bit of content to read before and after the commercials, bud. Just pick the Niners or pick the Seahawks. Anyway, uh, we'll talk to Brady Henderson at seven about that. Seven thirty. Uh, Chris Faber is going to join us. Canucks Army, Canucks conversation. You know him quite well. Um, the Young Stars tournament gets underway today. In Penticton. Uh, Coming up, I don't have the information in front of me, but I will give you a sort of an abridged version of what we're going to do here at Sportsnet 650 as it pertains to streaming some of the broadcasts of the games up in Penticton from Young Stars. But we'll get Faber on today to talk about some of the guys to keep an eye on. And we'll talk about everything that happened in Burnaby at Scotiabank with open practices this week. 8 o'clock, it's the Moj. We'll look ahead to the Lions game this weekend. We missed this yesterday. I did have it in the notes, but we didn't pass it along. Not breaking news or anything, but it's official. Uh, Vernon Adams is going to be the starting quarterback for the Lions as they try, yeah, try I, and salvage the season. Yeah, I, I don't really want to see much more of Pipkin. You've seen enough Pipkin? I've seen enough. I saw enough Pipkin in, in the Riders game, and then they gave him the start in the uh, Montreal game. Um, you know, it was understandable. You're trying to, you know, Vernon Adams had just joined the team, so. Maybe he wasn't all familiar with the personnel and the and the, and the plays, but mm. I don't know, man. I, I I'm 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 still pretty gutted to use a soccer term. Gutted. I'm gutted over the Lions season the way it's it's shaking out because they've gone from having this really exciting team with this exciting young quarterback to a team that doesn't look like it knows what it's doing. Uh, as for tonight, 
what's happening in sports. CFL action. We just talked about the CFL. Saski and Edmonton. Uh, the Jays start a big series with Baltimore after getting absolutely blasted yesterday by the Tampa Bay Rays. All apologies to Sean and Delta. He didn't want me to mention that one. That was 11 nothing, Sean. 11 nothing. they lost with Gossman on the hill. What the hell was that? Anyway, uh, Premier League is back after a week off. Southampton and Villa. And the two promoted clubs, two of the three promoted clubs, Fulham and Forest are going to play today. I love Forest. That's one of your favorites, Forest. Yeah, you just call them Forest, like like Palace. That's right. And did you see... Forest versus Palace. As I ask you again, knowing that you already saw it, because I told you about it, but did you see <laughs> that Bill Foley is going to buy a Premier League club? Which one has he, he got his eyes on? Bournemouth. Bournemouth. The okay. Cherries of Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Okay. Bournemouth. Yeah, that's just made news this morning. Uh, so Vegas but he's run out of money or something? Can't afford can't afford one of the big boys? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, come on, Phil. What a loser. Yeah, be like Todd Bowley. Buy Chelsea. They got way more resources. Uh, Live Golf, you mentioned this yesterday. The Rich Harvest Farms tourney. That's the, the, the season-ending money grab tourney, as you coined it. That gets underway today. Patrick Reed showed up yesterday dressed like one of the dudes from Night at the Roxbury. So he's really getting into character for the big event. Oh, man. Someone asked the other day, they texted in this question, like, do you think Live Golf is going to get a, uh, a a TV deal in North America? Um, and I don't know. I think that one's going to be tough because the PGA Tour has already has deals with so many of the networks. Right. But those networks aren't going to, you know, like I don't think – I don't think the Golf Channel is going to be carrying. I bet they won't. I bet they won't. Um, NBC, they've got a deal with ESPN, obviously CBS. Maybe they could do it on Fox. I feel like there might be a fit there. But I feel like Fox tried golf and was like, yeah, this isn't for us. Yeah, because I think right now the only way you can stream it is through DAZN, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Well, YouTube. Oh, right, of course. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Yeah. Davis Cup action, Canada, Spain, and finally, it is uh, Ask Us Anything Friday. So we cap off what happened. What's ha- happening by telling you that it is Ask Us Anything Friday. Get your questions in. The Dunbar Lumber text line is 650-650. You can literally ask us anything. We will answer them throughout the show. Hashtag it AUA. That's how we can filter it. That's how we can find it. Okay, that's what's happening today and tonight. Andy, let's tell everybody what happened. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. no. What happened? I missed all the action because I was... We know how busy your life can be. What happened? You missed that? You missed that? What happened? Actually, you know what? I want to begin with the Canucks. And yesterday, our boss, Cam Barra, came in and explained to us what our coverage is going to look like over the next week. And that's important because starting today is the Young Stars Tournament up in Penticton and the next week is training camp up in Whistler. Right? So, Andy, you've got the information in front of you. Is that correct? Yes. Let's give it. So, in terms of what happened, we actually learned yesterday what happened or what's happening. We're going to get some coverage, including some live streams right here on Sportsnet 650. Tell me what's coming up. We'll be airing the Canucks Young Stars games. Friday's game is online stream only, but Sunday and Monday will be radio games with Batch as a part of the broadcast. On Sportsnet 650. Correct. Okay. Monday, we'll have Bick and Randeep on location for the Jake Milford Golf Tournament. We'll have a lot of players there as well, expected. Uh, Then next week, Jamie and Drance are going to be on location in Whistler uh, for training camp. Very well done. Okay, good. So that's out of the way. We will do some Canucks stuff later on in what happened, but we do need to start with Thursday Night Football. Uh, it was a pretty entertaining game last night at Arrowhead, but in the end, it was the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes, two touchdown passes, a massive pick six by seventh-round rookie draft pick Jalen Watson for the Chiefs, which really turned the game on its head. 
And that was all that the Chiefs needed. 27-24 victory over the Chargers last night for the Chargers. And this was a big Ballyhooed quarterback battle coming in. Uh, Justin Herbert, who I'm officially going to make the petition on this show that we can now call Justin A. Bear. It's much cooler than Justin Herbert. That's what I said. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Like Herb. What's his nickname? Herbie? Herbie. Herb. Yeah. The Herbster. I hope it's not the Herbster. Yeah, I don't think it's the Herbster. J Herbs. J Herbs. J Herbs. All of J-herbs. them suck. Yeah. He, he needs to be <laughs> Justin A. Bear. Yes. Well, yes. you know what? I, 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 but, but here's the thing. Uh, that pick six he threw. That was a, that was a that was a Herb kind of. That play. was Herbie. It that had was, Herb vibes. That, that, that was that was a. I, I know there was some uh, maybe some confusion with his receiver there, but the fact that he did it on a first down too it was first and goal, mm-hmm. and he and he forced that pass in there, um, and then it cost cost the Chargers the game. That was it really game, did. That was the game was right the game. there. That yeah. was that was that was terrible. That was Kirk Herb Street, who was on the call. Quickly pointed out that that was a pivotal play in the game. No, that was good. That was good. But oh, do you mean the fourth quarter ninety-nine yard pick six? Yeah, that was fairly important in a twenty-four yeah. twenty-seven game. Yeah, no, I know. You know what? The, the the for we were all expecting offensive fireworks in that game, and and certainly we got some nice plays. Um, Patrick Mahomes, whenever he plays, is, is going to make nice plays. But I, I thought, um, and you know, I know Sat pointed this out on Twitter. It was like. The defenses really showed up for, Absolutely. for 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 both teams. Like they didn't make it. The Chargers did not make it easy for Patrick Mahomes. Um, and obviously, the Chiefs made some big plays, including that pick six against uh, the Chargers. That was um, I don't know what the total was, um, like the over under on on it was, but um, I know a lot of people probably took the over. I don't know if it it, it might have just got there. It was fifty four, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, really? Yeah, and okay. it got and it was fifty one. A lot of people were celebrating late because. The, the Chargers had a back backdoor cover <laughs> on what what and another thing was people were wondering why Herbert was still in there at that point because to get he the backdoor cover. Yeah, yeah. The Chargers <laughs> Chargers coaching staff had some money on the game. They didn't take the money line, but they did take they did take the Chargers to cover. Um, yeah, and, and he was obviously he was obviously hurt, mm-hmm. um, and you know maybe not seriously, but the the Chiefs really got some pressure on him. You know, it's funny because you just finished talking about the BC Lions and how their season was completely ruined by Nathan Rourke suffering an injury and then being lost for the season. You said, what a what a downer because it was a young, exciting team and they had a young, exciting quarterback and they were winning games. And I, I'm not a diehard Chargers fan by any stretch of the imagination, but mm-hmm. I had to put myself in the shoes of Chargers fans watching Herbert get hit. Oh, man, that st- early in the season? Stay down. Yeah. And then come back in, and there was that one play where he scrambled out of the pocket, and it looked like he could run for the first down. Mm-hmm. But then he did a pump fake with the ball, and he was very clearly in distress. He's got a rib injury. He's going for x-rays today. He looked like he had a bunch of things happening. Originally, when he went down, I was like, okay, is that a hamstring? Um, and then you mentioned the rib the mm-hmm. rib injury. It also looked like he was favoring his left arm yep. when he was warming up on the sidelines. Uh, or not warming up, but just like, hey, can I throw the ball still? Yeah. Uh, at any rate, it was a, it was a good game. I, I don't, it wasn't, yeah, uh, it wasn't, I think it was, you're right. I, it wasn't yeah, the it was offensive a, explosion. Everybody expected. Yeah. It was a good game. The, the defenses, uh, played well. Um, I think our, our bar for Kansas city chiefs games now is so high. It's a good point. Like after some of the games we've seen and some of the shootouts, uh, you know, in the playoffs last year. Uh, that Bills Chiefs game was was absolutely incredible. Uh, I mean, they had a compelling one against yeah. the Bengals too. Like, it, it's just when 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 Patrick Mahomes is involved, and for, for some reason, when it's at Arrowhead too. Yeah, right, right. Yep. Like, it, no, I know it's, what you're saying. It's just you expect an absolute shootout, 
And even though there was a very exciting play that decided that game last night, like, man, that came out of nowhere. And by the way, Patrick Mahomes nearly threw a pick six too. Yeah. Right? Like in that exact same situation. Uh, but was it Asante Samuel Jr.? Yeah. Could not make the catch. He would have been gone. Uh, Patrick Mahomes could have thrown a bunch of interceptions. Like, I, I again, uh, I, I think it was a good game. But it wasn't a great game. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that about the bar being set so high for Mahomes and the the high flying, high powered Chiefs offense. The two touchdown passes that he made yesterday were actually unbelievably difficult throws. But when you watch them, you're like, eh, I, I need to see more. I want fireworks, or maybe throw it through a flaming hoop or something. The second one he threw was so cool to look like just, just looking f- at it. Just yeah. right, his feet are moving. He's yeah. not set, and it's just a flick of the wrist, mm-hmm. and it's forty yards on a dime. Yeah. To a wide receiver, like it's, he it makes has it look so easy. The first one when he threw to McKinnon, he, he looks spun. like he could throw it out of the stadium. Yeah, if you really. try his hardest, he's Uncle Rico. He could throw it <laughs> over those mountains. He's it is it is remarkable. Like I was watching, I think it was the NFL Network walk off interviews, and then they came back to the panel and they're like, I think everyone has to realize when you watch it in real time, you're like, ah, it's Mahomes doing Mahomes things. There's only a handful of people on the planet yeah. that can physically throw, because football's not easy mm-hmm. to throw. Like, let's make that very clear. Like, Justin Herbert is a really good young quarterback, mm-hmm. um, and he he doesn't ha- he doesn't uh, inspire that same sense of awe when he throws the ball. No. Although he can throw it into a tight window pretty good. No, He's no, doing no. it a lot but last that, but, night. But that's how good Mahomes is. Oh, yeah. Mahomes on a different level. Yeah. It's crazy some of the stuff that he does. Do you think his throwing will get better if he changes his last name to Bear? Yes, could, actually, yeah. yeah. Will that improve it? Mm-hmm. I said, and I think he should like adopt. Change it. He should adopt like a Cajun Southern drawl <laughs> yeah. when he talks. Like when Brian Kelly went to LSU, he's like, "Give me a glass of water. This flower is a Wilton." Like that kind of thing. He needs to do that anyway. Ne- never, never, never do that again. Never, never do that again. Ever do that. I think I just sounded like my voice was breaking. I'm not yeah. sure You've been was. pre-banned from New Orleans. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, do you want to, Let's do some NHL stuff here because it was media day yesterday. Uh, so there was a bunch of players congregated, got to do their interviews, the car wash, if you will, with the collective media. Nathan McKinnon was there after, of course, winning a Stanley Cup with the Colorado Avalanche. And the big question there was, how much money are you going to get paid now, Nate? Because you were once considered the best value contract in the NHL. Yeah, he's like, enough of that. Yeah, and he waved his finger like Matumbo. He's like, ah, no more. Value Nate is over. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Especially since... Uh, I did not love my nickname, Value Nate. <laughs> Especially since the Avs have won the Stanley Cup too, because there's going to be less pressure on him to take that hometown discount. You know, like take take less, and then then we can we can add better players or more players, and 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 we can go and win that Stanley Cup. He's like, we won the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Now I'm getting paid. Uh, I enjoy that. He, he was like, it's going to be a fair contract, but it's going to be double digits. Yeah, he that's a. I love that he said that. He actually said it's not going to be single digits. But the point being is. A lot of people heard that, and they're like, well, are you going to become the highest player in the league, right? That currently belongs or to the highest paid player, even. No, that's what I said. I said, said, are, are you, you going to be the highest player? But I can imagine. Oh, yeah. yeah, right, because he, he plays. Nate, in, are you okay? You're kind of wobbling back and forth there. Because <laughs> he plays in, he plays in Denver, good. and it's at altitude. Yeah. There you go. So that actually makes sense. You're making um, double digits, man. The, high, <laughs> the highest paid player in the <laughs> NHL. The highest player currently belongs to, I don't know, Phil Kessel, but the highest paid player. <laughs> Is uh, is Connor McDavid? Is twelve point five million? 
Do we have audio here from? Is this from Thirty Two Thoughts? Is this Friedman Merrick talking about it? Yeah, is just, that correct? Yeah, just on if he will be the highest paid player. Right. So league. also in Vegas for the media tour were Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick doing a Thirty Two Thoughts podcast. Uh, here's some info and speculation on how high Nathan McKinnon might be. You've got one more year on your contract. I've heard that it's possible you could end up as the highest paid player in the league. Will you end up as the highest paid player? You in the have league? to ask Pat. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I I'm hoping we'll we'll get it done pretty soon. And Colorado's the only place I want to be. That's for sure. So love Joe and C Mac. Those guys are great. It's just you know a little business. But sorry to not to answer your question, but I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> I'm not going to answer. You. But what you're saying to me is there's nothing to worry about here. Like this is on the path to getting done. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, myself, Pat, the team, we all have good intentions. There's no bad blood or anything. It's just, it's been a longer process than I thought, I guess. In my head, it's like, oh, first day I'm eligible, it'll be done, you know, but <laughs> things don't work like that, I guess. But it's okay. I think uh, it should be done shortly. I'm hoping that's my goal. If not, I guess feeling good. So whatever happens, happens. So uh, the Avs obviously have good management, right? Mm-hmm. Smart management. Uh, this is going to be their biggest challenge. Uh, keeping the abs, um, like they're always they're going to have a good core, right? Because they're they, they're going to get uh, McKinnon locked up. They'll have Miko Rantanen. They'll have Landeskog and Nachushkin, and and of course Kale McCarr on yep. on the back end. But then they're going to have to get they're going to have to be really good at filling out the rest of the roster. Yeah, they got to go through the Tampa Bay cycle now where they're going to have to inevitably part ways with guys they'd probably prefer to keep and they have to start hitting on guys on entry-level deals, late-round draft picks. You you need to find the Anthony Sorellis and everybody else that Mm -hmm. can come up and play minutes for you. And that's kind of the blueprint now, right? You you do get punished for a certain, to a certain degree, for being successful in the NHL. Yeah. Right? Especially in a flat cap world. Yeah. You're going to have to part. I, like, they're probably going to have to part, I would guess, with Sam Gerard, the fugitive. Possibly, to, yeah. Right. And I, I bet if they had their druthers. Good thing they've got Bowen Byram coming up. Exactly. But right. will they be able to afford Devon Taves uh, in a couple of years when he's a pending unrestricted free agent? You know, it's, it's, it's going to. It's a good problem to have. We've got too many good players. How are the Avs so good and they still have all these awesome prospects coming up? Um, they, well, the it's dude, really okay. irritating. It's like, Two, couple well, things. Horrible. They were horrible. Yes. Years, but they also made some really smart trades. The McKinnon deal just opened up uh, endless possibilities that they could do yeah. cap wise because he was he's six point one or six point three, which is crazy when you think about it. Uh, the Duchesne trade, they just knocked that out of the park. Yeah. yeah. Right. That completely set them on a pivot. Where they got they, two defensemen out of that, two really good defensemen yeah. in Gerard, and and ultimately that was Bowen Byram. Yep. And and then um, honestly. They got lucky with Makar. Yeah. If that draft's done over, there's no way Makar's not going first overall. Yeah. Right. That's that's yeah. the reality of it. The, so three things completely pivoted the course of the franchise, and some of it's luck, some of it's timing, mm-hmm. but a lot of it's before. just being smart, right? That's like true. Nachushkin. Yep. Smart. Yeah. That was that was he almost got him on a free to use another soccer term. They got him on loan. Free transfer. Yeah. They got him on loan from Bournemouth. Okay. Okay. Uh, we have some Quinn Hughes audio. From yesterday as well. It was actually a really interesting and compelling interview with Free America. I've got cl- snippets of it. I think they're going to release it in full next week. But okay. he, uh, we'll tease it for the next segment because we can do this 
um, in the back half of the next segment, he was he talks openly about what Canucks management asked of him to do for this season in terms of getting better, being a professional, being a leader. And he was very open and honest about it. He was it. like, they asked me to be right-handed, which I thought was really weird. Yeah, right-handed and comb your hair every now and again. <laughs> but those were the two big takeaways, one more prominent than the other. But I said no to both. Yeah, he said no thanks. Uh, so we'll do that in the back half of the next segment here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Coming up, we got a pretty interesting interview with Brian Slusserchuk. He is a mining executive turned owner of the newest basketball franchise in Vancouver. I think he's still a mining executive, though. Right. Okay. So he didn't. And uh, now basketball. That's owner. right. It, we got to be. It's important here that we have to be specific and accurate because we're we're journalists at the end yeah. of the day. Well, <laughs> <laughs> let's not go nuts, boys. <laughs> Lots more Big J journalism to come. You're listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Time now for Sportsnet 650 traffic from the... On a Friday, Slow Jams Friday, Jams with a Z here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by Avenue Machinery and Douglas Lake Equipment. Your Kubota All Star team. Here's how you visit them on the internet one, avenuemachinery.ca, two, douglaslakeequipment.com. Uh, we are also brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. So you may have seen the news midweek that the CEBL, the Canadian Elite Basketball League, and the Fraser Valley franchise has been sold and rebranded as the Vancouver Bandits. We thought, let's find out more about this team, this league, and the new ownership group. Joining us is one half of that ownership group, the new owner of the Bandits, Brian Slezarchuk, here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Yeah, good morning. Doing very well, thank you. Thanks for taking the time to do this. We appreciate it. So this is going to be, we, we know the premise of the Canadian Elite Basketball League. We know that it's actually grown from its original six to the eight. Uh, what we're curious about is why you decided to get on board and become an owner, becoming just one of two franchises in the CEBL that are now independently owned. Sure, absolutely. You know, I've got a, a, a few year history with the Bandits, first off as a season ticket holder and when I started to attend uh, Bandits games, I was really impressed with the high caliber of basketball, the high energy atmosphere uh, while uh, the game was on. It, it was just a whole lot of fun watching you know, some amazing basketball talent on the court. Uh, over time, I got to know the organization uh, in a bit more depth and became a community partner and sponsor of the team and through those efforts, saw everything that the Bandits were doing in the community. And the Bandits have taken a real community-first approach in terms of building the organization, a real grassroots approach. And if you're out at a basketball game, a youth game, uh, anywhere in the Lower Mainland, you have contact with the Bandits. And throughout the year, these Bandits players, Bandits staff, have constant contact with the basketball community through community programs, 
volunteering, organizing three-on-three tournaments, uh, uh, visiting schools, helping with club teams. And I was just so impressed with what this organization, which at the time was relatively young, was doing in the community. And I realized that, hey, that translates into a good business model also. So the team is community first, and that's great to see. But what it's done is it's built up some incredible loyalty amongst the fans because by the time uh, somebody goes to a game, they've had multiple points of contact with the team through all of these great community initiatives during the off season. And it was just something I really wanted to get involved with in a bigger way. Is this, uh, do you see this more as a business opportunity for you or is this, uh, a hobby that, uh, that a guy that's been successful in, in the mining industry, um, can, can take on? Yeah, I, I definitely would not characterize it as a hobby. We're, we're going to intensely work on this thing. We want to accelerate and build on the great foundation in the community, continue those efforts. And we also want to be incredibly competitive on the court. We have a goal of bringing a championship to uh, the Vancouver area this year. And in fact, we're hosting championship weekend at the LEC uh, this year. And one of the things that really strikes home to me is, look, these guys do a great job with youth. They do a great job with various organizations in the community. They punch way above their weight for a relatively new organization. But to accelerate that, to build on that great foundation they've already established, we need to be a successful business. And we can be a successful business by playing competitive basketball, high-intensity basketball, by playing winning basketball, and by doing all of this in a venue that provides nonstop entertainment, fun, action, music throughout uh, the entire uh, day. I mean, when people come to the championship weekend this year, they're going to see a festival that combines basketball, sport, uh, youth activities, music, fashion. This is going to be a few days uh, of, of a really fun time, not just for the hardcore basketball fans that love Bandit's basketball, but just for the community as a whole. Why did you decide to change the name to the Vancouver Bandits from the Fraser Valley Bandits? You know, the Langley Event Center is really the capital of basketball in British Columbia. I mean, somebody said to me just the other day that all roads lead to the LEC, and it's really true. You get from Vancouver to the LEC on Highway 1, a quick uh, exit, and you're there. The LEC can draw on Vancouver, Burnaby, Coquitlam, Pitt Meadows, Maple Ridge, Abbotsford, Surrey, Langley, of course, uh, Mission, all of the basketball uh, hotspots in the Lower Mainland. It's very, very central. It's part of the reason, in, you know, in addition to being an incredible facility, the location is part of the reason that it hosts so many big basketball events through the year. And what the team was finding is that with the move to LEC, they not only were attracting a lot of people you know, from Surrey, from Langley, Abbotsford, et cetera, 
but they were also starting to get a lot of fans come out from Vancouver, from Burnaby. And we thought that the Vancouver name, a major market name, more accurately identified the team with the entire region. And the other thing here is that when Kevin and I purchased the team, uh, we ended up with the rights for the entire lower mainland, greater Vancouver, Fraser Valley area. This is really the region's team. And in fact, we get people from all over BC to the games. And one of the things on the road is that you have conversations with people uh, in some of the other cities in places like Scarborough, in places like Edmonton, in places uh, 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 like Saskatoon, who don't necessarily know where the Fraser Valley is. Vancouver identifies all over the world. We're speaking to Brian Sluzerchuk here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. He, of course, is one of the new co-owners of the Vancouver Bandits in the CEBL, which I should uh, make note is a 10-team circuit, not an 8-team circuit, as I said earlier on the call. Brian, with regards to the player pool, just so we can get a sense for ourselves and for our listeners, I know that there was a mandate here with having a, a strong Canadian presence. I, I can't remember the exact total. I think it was upwards of 70% of the active roster being Canadian players. So there's obviously a connection with Canadians with Canada basketball. What does the typical CEBL roster look like, and what is it comprised of? And what do the Bandits hope to achieve as they work with Canadian basketball to further the game at a grassroots level, but also the national level. Absolutely. And you see the bandits organization working right through that entire system uh, in basketball within British Columbia, the CEBL uh, provides a domestic league where players can get out and play professional basketball at home. So there's a pathway a very high caliber professional basketball within Canada. And that goes a long way with youth. So the bandits are out there working in the community, helping foster the development of the various club programs, high school programs, and youth basketball in general. All the way up into the CBL, you see that occurring and onto uh, the national team programs. When the team was playing the Canadian team uh, you know, was playing over the last couple of weeks, you saw a huge CEBL presence on the court, on the team. And I think it's just indicative of the caliber of basketball that the CEBL provides. When you go to a game, it, you'll see at any given time multiple players on the court that have played in the NBA, are going to play in the NBA, are high-level or were high-level U.S. and Canadian uh, college and university basketball players. I mean, in the last nine months, six players from the CEBL have gone on to sign contracts in the NBA. That's, that's indicative of the quality of basketball, and that's almost unheard of for a domestic league. Hey, Brian, i got to ask you about your mining career. Um, uh, I find this stuff fascinating. Um, t- tell me about the biggest adventure you've ever had in your mining career, maybe a situation you found yourself in, whether you're in a country with, a, I don't know, an interesting government or the jungles of South America or Africa. Uh, tell me about a good adventure you've had. Well, one of the uh, situations that we've just been really blessed with 
uh, over the years is Canine 2 Mining. And this was a company that uh, I was co-founder and former president of. We started off as a really small company, small capitalization, and we acquired assets in Papua New Guinea. Uh, Today, that company has more than 1,600 employees. It's growing. It's it's a great uh, producer of gold, of copper, very profitable. It was just announced in the last couple of days that it's uh, being added to the TSX 30, which makes it one of the best performing equities in Canada over the past three years. And I'll tell you, as a a, a guy that had not been to Papua New Guinea before, stepped off the plane for the first time, didn't know a whole lot about the country, and going from uh, Vancouver and uh, an office on uh, on Georgia Street (laughs) to three days later, being in the, the jungles of uh, Papua New Guinea, uh, looking to make this acquisition, it, it was it was a huge uh, eye opener, and of course, very uh, different culture, a uh, very different place uh, in terms of geography and all else. But over time, you know, you realize in any of these places that hey, people are people, and they want uh, the same things that we want. They want good economic opportunity. They want the opportunity to be treated fairly. They want the opportunity to share in uh, the riches that you know, Mother Earth has endowed. And we've just had a great relationship there. And again, a lot of the success there, you know, over and above uh, the financial success that K92 has had, has been in the community and, and through various health, education, environmental programs. And it's something that I think just transcends industry to industry. If you treat your surrounding communities well, work with them as partners, as stakeholders, you know, the, you get the best of all worlds. And it was a great experience. And, and I see, you know, it's very different industry, but I see so many similarities with the bandits in terms of community first, community first, and, and the rest will follow. Uh, if anyone listening right now would like to check out more online, you can visit them at thebandits.ca. Uh, this was great, Brian. Thanks a lot for doing this today. We really appreciate it. Best of luck with everything moving forward with the bandits. It sounds like it's a pretty cool endeavor and, uh, we can do yeah. this again when we get caught up and maybe closer to the CEBL season. Great. Thanks a lot. I hope to see it. Some games. They're, they're amazing entertainment, amazing basketball. Thanks, Brian. We appreciate it. That's Brian Sluzerchuk here on the Halford and Brush Show on Sportsnet 650. One of the new co-owners of the former Fraser Valley bandits. Now the Vancouver bandits. We can do it again sometime, right? We can. Maybe. Can we talk I need, again? I need better outs. You need way better outs. You're, better outs. You are. Chandler. Okay, have a good day. Bye. You should just be like, yes, you. You're Chandler in, in Friends. we got to find that that clip where he where I don't know how to break up. When he doesn't know how to, how to, uh, how to cut it off with that girl, he's like, uh, maybe we can do it again some other time. If I didn't have that out, we'd still be on the phone with Brian. That's all I got. I got one out. That's it. I'm a bit Ron Burgundy in that way. Yeah. Well, just yeah. just say thanks for joining us today. Have a great day. Uh, enjoy enjoy the rest of your and you know, and then enjoy. what? It just seems so. Yeah, just, just seems goodbye. So, it just just seems goodbye. So brief. It just seems so brief. Were you like one of those uh, when you when you had your first girlfriend? Were you like you hang up first? No, you ha- maybe we can do this again tomorrow night. This is when boyfriends and girlfriends used to talk on the phone. Yeah, that's right. Actually, that's I guess now they just text each other memes. I don't know. We had. <laughs>
all the messages you send your girlfriend delete in 30 seconds as far as I understand it. Or is it, what is Snapchat? How long does it last? 10 seconds. And then it's gone? That's it. Ben's doing miming behind the glass here. See, uh, we have intern Ben here. He is our connection to the youths, being a right away 23, not if 24. He's and he has to. This is how that great, is 47. This is <laughs> that's what he just told me. I don't to know. give you an idea, the current plight of Sportsnet 650 is I have one of our producers sitting, I don't know, 10 feet away from me. Yeah. But because the equipment doesn't work, he has to sign everything, like using his hands, right? What he wants to say to me. Or he can relay the message to Andy. Andy has a functional microphone, and then he can say it out loud. This yeah. seems like not the best way to do business. The studio it's is all, it's is under it? construction. It's being there's stuff being worked. They on. did get rid of the two bags of garbage in studio. It, it is for a positive change. So <laughs> it's a not joke like there. It's just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we want to play the Quinn Hughes audio now, right? That's what I promised yep. in the first segment. So yesterday. NHL, it's the opening media tour for the NHL season ahead of training camp. So a bunch of the big prominent stars uh, descended on Vegas. All the big media outlets were there. Frege and Merrick were doing their things, talking all kinds of players about all kinds of things, including young Vancouver Canucks defenseman Quinn Hughes. Although I realize now Quinn Hughes really isn't that young anymore. He's still young by conventional oh, measures. Young. but He's young. He's, you know, this is like year four in the NHL. It's, it's his time. To maybe do a little bit more, which is a mm-hmm. lot to ask of a guy that is already the Canucks' best defenseman. But it was an interesting interview with Freed and Merrick. Now, the full thing is going to be released next week, as I understand it. But we got some promo snippets here. Andy, I kind of want to loop this stuff back to back to back. Sure. Um, it's essentially the part where he's asked about what the team asked of him. What he's going to be do to be more of a leader, what he improved upon, and how he's embracing being more of a leader. So we got those three clips there. This is Quinn Hughes on what the organization asked of him and what he thinks he can do better to take that next step in his NHL career. This will run about a minute, a minute and a half, and then we'll come back and discuss on the other side. Quinn Hughes on 32 Thoughts with Frege and Merrick. I had a good year on the ice. Like I was happy with how my year went, and I think they were too. It's For me, it's all mental. Like Roman Yossi had 110 more shots than me, and I think that's a crazy stat. Um, so for me, just shooting a bit more. But then off the ice, trying to expand as a leader, being in the rink earlier, working out, just being a professional and trying to expand my role on the team. I think that's what they want to see, and I think I'm ready for that. Yeah, like it's not like something that you just change, and you know you don't want to be you know be fake. Like for me, I'm always going to be who I am. Yeah. So that doesn't mean I have to show up to the rink and be first to the rink, but just trying to be professional, um, working out like during the year, like keep maintaining my strength, eating healthy, like just trying to push it in any way I can to try to, you know, get an edge and then bring in my teammates along as well. I mean, I'm a younger guy, but going on my fourth year and um, like I said, trying to expand my role, but I think that's what they want to see. I do do a lot of that. Like I love hockey. I'm always there. I'm like on the ice early and last guy off the ice. Like I really enjoy it for their aspect. I think they just want to see, me try to be the best I can be in every situation, in every area. And I, like, I welcome that. And like I said, I want to be a leader. And if I'm doing those things and I can ask my teammates to do those things and try to do the best at, you know, at what they do. So I think that's where it comes from as well. Here's my thought on this. Um, we talked at length this week because Elias Pettersson met with the media about how he needs to achieve a certain level if this club is going to be able to reach its ultimate goal of winning the Stanley Cup. Right. Can't just be a good 1C, 
has to be a great 1C. Can't just be an offensive 1C. Has to be a two-way guy that's maybe in the conversation for the Selkie and the Hart. And you laugh because you're like, that means he has to be one of the best players in the NHL. To which yeah. we respond, yes. Yes, we're trying to win a Stanley Cup here, not just make the playoffs. I do wonder if they look at um, Hughes with regards to the other elite blue liners in the NHL and say, if we're going to get to where we want to go, this is where you're going to need to be. Because right now... Coming off a year in which, I mean, I keep forgetting, like it's the most prolific offensive performance by a defenseman in Canucks history, 68 points. And yet you look at the Norris voting last year, and Hughes was like 13th in Norris voting. He Mm -hmm. didn't get a top three vote from anyone. Now, take that with a grain of salt. Voting is voting. But I think it is indicative of how competitive it is to be considered among the elite of NHL defensemen. Because we talked about this earlier. Right now, if you were to say... You get to start a franchise from scratch, and you get to start by picking a defenseman. I would say put a room of 30 people. I think 30 are going to take Makar, right? Maybe one or two would take Hedman. And then maybe one or two will take Yossi, a guy that sure. uh, yeah. Hughes alluded to. So that's uh, guys right off the top. Three, Yeah, that's the bar. There's your Norris finalists. Go further down. You've got like Charlie McAvoy, Adam Fox, Miro Heiskanen. It's not easy to be in that conversation, but if you're going to be a top flight team in the NHL, yeah. top 10 team, you need a, probably need a top 10 defenseman. I think that's what they're really looking for out of Hughes this year. It was interesting. The, you you kind of joked like, well, he's not a young guy anymore. He's been in, the, been in the league for a while, which is true in his NHL experience. But do you remember the other day we were comparing him to Duncan Keith? And, and one of the reasons we do that is because when Quinn Hughes came into the league, he he, he looked at Duncan Keith and he mm-hmm. said, that's a guy I model my game after, not just for the point totals, but for his intensity. That was yeah. one thing that he said that I was like, oh, I like this kid already. Um, Duncan Keith basically came into the NHL when he was Quinn Hughes' age right now. Yeah. He had because much more seasoning in the American League. If I'm he had mistaken, two right? full seasons in the AHL. He was drafted um, out of Michigan State. Then he returned to Michigan State okay. for one season. Then uh, he also played with the Kelowna Rockets that same season. Yep. Um, and then he spent two years in the AHL. And then he went to the NHL. And it's not like he was piling up points. Right. Right, the Blackhawks. He he was he was with some some bad Blackhawks teams. So how old was Keith when he basically, like, for lack of a better term, got good in the NHL? When was his breakout year? His uh, oh man, that's, roughly that's speaking. kind of hard to say. Like his real breakout year mm-hmm. when he jumped from forty four points to sixty nine points. Nice, and that was the year nice. that the Blackhawks. Nice. That was the year the Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup. Okay, Keith was twenty six years old. Right. So it's funny because you look at it now, not that long, but it's it's a decade ago. Uh, that that age bar or that age, the, when you want the guys to arrive, yeah. that's, that's dropped mm-hmm. big time. It totally has, especially for defensemen. Remember remember the whole thing about like you had to play 300 games yeah. or you had to be like, I don't know, 38 or something before you're considered a well, good no, NHL it's, defenseman. It's like it's, it's different now, right? And just in the span of a decade, Kale McCarr was 23 and he was the best defenseman on the planet last year, right? Yeah. yeah. Won everything there was to win for a defenseman. It's even happening even quicker. You look at it now, it's like, okay, well, if you're not into Kale McCarr and you want to start looking in the future, Mo Sider won the Calder at 20, and he looked like a full-fledged, ready-to-go NHL defenseman with the Red Wings at 20. Imagine how he's going to be in three years when he's the ripe old age of 23, which will Kale McCarr is right now. So Hughes is in an interesting category because you could say he's young, and he is, 
right? 22 turning 23. Mm-hmm. At the same time, that's go time now in the NHL. Totally. Like that, that's when you're ready to start either if you haven't taken the next, next step, be that next step guy mm-hmm. who's going to be considered an elite defenseman. I'm going to be fascinated to see if what the Canucks have asked of them translates because it's very clear in that clip that they were like, maybe consider lifting weights more yeah. or eating better food, right? I would I, imagine. I like how he said, I, I still want I don't want to be fake. I'm still going to be authentic. He's like, Quinn Hughes isn't the first guy on the ice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want to be the first guy oh, on the ice? Oh, yeah. oh, 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 that's you know not crazy. Let's, I'll be the last guy off the ice, but first guy on the ice, I don't know. It seems early. I know. Like, for a guy that constantly has bedhead, you'd think he'd <laughs> lean into it being like, I can't do my hair because I'm on the ice so early, right? But he... Maybe the second or third Shows guy. Shows up in pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we got a lot more to get into on the program today. It's Ask Us Anything Friday. We haven't done a single one of them. We will get to some of them in the 7 o'clock hour, but it is a busy 7 o'clock hour here. We're going to talk to Brady Henderson, Seahawks reporter for ESPN's NFL Nation, coming up next. And at 7.30, we'll talk Young Stars Tournament and Canucks practices with, uh, not the actual practices, but what went on at Scotia Barn this past week with Chris Faber. But we'll squeeze in. Let's make a promise. We'll do at least one Ask Us Anything in the next hour. And then the 8 o'clock hour, we'll leave lots of time to do a whole bunch of them. If you want to ask us anything, let us know via the Dunbar Lumber text message in basket. 650-650 is the text line. Uh, You can ask us anything. It doesn't have to be about sports. It can be about food, life, love, relationship advice. We don't do great in that department, but we will answer the question. 650-650. Text it in. Get it in. Hashtag it. AUA. Coming up. Brady Henderson to talk Seahawks ahead of the big game. Yes, I'm calling it a big game against the 49ers this weekend. It's the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.